Daily Dribble. back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zabbitt, here returning on a beautiful Tasmanian day on the 4th of September. Joining me after a little week-long break, Mr. Lee Hancock. What's going on, guys? Lee, I'm here. Mate, jet setter around Tassie. You enjoyed seeing the uh, the other side of the coast? It was great. No one really goes up the West Coast. Thought we'd give it a, give it a try. It was great. East Coast or West Coast? Where are you going? East Coast next. East Coast next. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. Also joining us... Mr. Roe Hancock. How are we, Nick? No week off for you, but you've got a couple of uh, annual annual leave weeks coming up soon. Got a few weeks coming up, but look, that's not important. Let's get to the elephant in the room right Let's now. Let's do it. Lee's... Podcast is a is a like an audio media, but we're here in live and in living colour with Lee. Lee's rocked up to our podcast studio, our temporary podcast studio, and he's looking very reminiscent of the late Freddie Mercury. That bit of Mascara around the eyes, looking a bit dark around Dark's the eyes. What, the moon. Can you explain what's going so on? So this here? is what happened last night. The girlfriend Aisha said, um, "Oh, let's see what you look like with mascara." And I thought, "Yeah, okay." It's, with it's, what? With a bit of mascara, whatever this is. <laughs> on. You know what it's called. I'm like, okay, we'll pop, we'll pop th- some of this on. Popped it on. Didn't like the look of it. Thought, let's get it off. I was wiping. This isn't coming off. Yeah. Not coming off. I was like, I'll oh, have a shower. That'll get it off. Got in the shower. Not popped the off. washer over it like I was bloody scrubbing. And, you know, a brand new car wasn't coming off. <laughs> and she said, Oh, don't worry. You, when you go to sleep, it'll come off. Woke up. Open yeah. my eyes and it's still there. Let me just say it's very noticeable. Hasn't scrubbed it's off. It's a bit anymore. of a look though, because you are know, like we know you as a bit of a uh, a trend setter, a trailblazer yeah. of sorts. Yeah. This could be your next. Uh, Looks a bit Billy Joe Armstrong sort yeah, of grand day. Yeah, I'm vibing with it. Yeah. I'm vibing with it. Don't so, mind it. Great stuff there. A new week, a new year, Lee. <laughs> That's it. I thought we'd better address that straight off the Absolutely. bat, though. I, I couldn't have continued. <laughs> yep. Excellent. We've got a huge episode in store after our little week-long break. As we said, guys, while the season's not on and the news is a little bit slower, uh, we're going to kind of, at certain times, take the opportunity to have a break. Reset and refresh because it's sure to be an absolutely massive season for both the NBA and NBL. But we are back today and we've got a big episode in store. We're going to bring back Judge, Jury and Executioner, everybody's mm. favourite debate segment. We've got a couple of hot little uh, debates lined up ready to go that'll pit co-host against co-host. Um, so we'll get into that shortly. Uh, for anyone who hasn't heard it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to battle with you guys. We've got a few interesting uh, debates on today. I'll tell I you think... what, it leaves you very, very flat if you lose one of these debates. I remember last I know, time there was tears welling up. There was everything. <laughs> yeah, just... I'm a shocker. I always get so close, yeah. you seem to falter. And... <laughs> not today. Not today. Uh, we'll before see. we get into that, though, guys, we've got a few odds and ends to get to. Um, but, again, before we get to that, a big thank you to our major sponsors at Intersport. Um, super appreciative for all their continued support. Uh, we got Oh, we got some drip ad. I need to get it on social media. It's poor form for me, but drip has new basketball tees yesterday. Yeah. Some vintage Raptors and Heat Ooh. ones. Oh. They look How much sick. they set you back? 60 bucks. Okay, that's, 60 that's bucks. not too so bad. That's uh, affordable. It's not too bad yeah. given I'm wearing a $200 jumper from there. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, lifestyle with the rich and famous. But, um, yeah, doing fantastic things and continuing to expand on that ever-growing basketball range. So be sure to check them out in the Centrepoint Arcade. Yep, absolutely. Get into the Let's get into it. I'm buzzing. Big episode. It's good to be back. I'll kick us off, yeah. Uh, Little trade we had. It might have been at the end of last week, but the Cavs are receiving Laurie Markkinen on a four-year, $67 million deal. This was a three-team trade. So the Cavs received Laurie Markkinen, the Blazers received Larry Nance, and the Bulls receive Derek Jones Jr., a protected first-round pick via Portland, and a protected 2023 first-round pick via Denver. This is good. This is just like it was bound to happen. It's a um, winning trade for all teams, it, it feels. Is. I, yeah. th- I think Markinen's time in the in Chicago was definitely coming to an end. It's but been can coming you, to an end for the last well year. Over two, can you just repeat that contract for him, though? Yeah, well, I wanted to touch on that. So he I thought I misheard that. Four years... <laughs> 67 million. You're joking. Now, this is absurd just on the basis that they've just drafted Evan Mobley, mm. um, who's going to be playing that power forward role as well. They can potentially, oh, it, it's just, it's a lot of money for a guy who's potentially going to be a backup or going to have to alter his role a little mm. bit. And he gets injured a fair bit, doesn't yeah. he? He's, yeah. he's been a notorious uh, candidate on the injury mm. shelf. Um, so I don't know how it's going to work if they decide to play Mobley off the bench to begin mm. with, integrate him into the league. Um, if they're going to kind of assess, you know, put Markkinen mm. in the starting lineup and see how good they can be mm. if they're a fringe playing team. I think fair enough you pay a guy in a position that you need. 
I don't think they necessarily needed Laurie Mark, a player like Laurie Mark, yep. and then and then to pay him overs by that much, four years, sixty-seven You'd be million. For that, given what he's, like, given what he's shown in the last couple of years, mm. um, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, particularly when like Delhi can't even get a contract. That's absolutely insane. It's what mm. is it, Lee? Blasphemy. That's blasphemy. That's mm. blasphemy. There you have it. And the Blazers getting Larry Nance Jr. I, I really like this. Yep. Like they're they're a team who at the moment they're kind of in damage control, trying to keep Dame happy, mm. trying to kind of fend off all the the suitors for him. Um, but they they had the 29th ranked defense last season. Yeah. So bringing in Nance to the fold is going to be nothing but beneficial on that end. Mm. Mm. Um, I really like him as a player. I think he's going to do big things. He can play as a stretch five or small ball five, should I say? Mm. Um, well, someone needed. We forget that. Carmelo's gone now. Melo's gone, so he can yep. fill that void yeah. off the bench. He can, he's also a competent scorer. Uh, I reckon he's a really handy acquisition. He's not that big star name player that, um, you know, a household name for lack mm. of better words, but I, I think he's a great pickup. We showed glimpses, didn't he, throughout this last season when he was healthy and when yep. he was out there. And I think with increased responsibility, he does really well. And I guess on the bull's end for them, like, Markkinen's value is as low as it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get a couple of first-round picks there, or a second-round pick as well, Derek Jones Jr.'s contract, he's uh, a one-year contract, so he's going mm-hmm. to come off the books next season. So yeah. um, free up a bit of money and space there. Just quickly, something I thought of, just imagine Zach Levine, Derek Jones Jr., dunk highlights throughout oh, the year. They're going to be fun. We're going to have a bit more on the balls oh, a little yeah. bit later in the episode, <laughs> but it should yeah. be a fun year for the Windy City. Absolutely. Also, another sign uh, there for the Lakers, Rajon Rondo is joining on a one-year $2.6 million deal. He's coming back to LA, just in the purple and gold once again. Coming home. Well, he never left. He was, he was over at Clippers last year, but he mustn't... What do you reckon he didn't like about it? I, I found it... This was on um, NBA memes I saw yeah. during the week, and it had a picture of Rondo saying, Rondo left the Lakers, made $15 million, screwed the Clippers over, and had them trade Lou Williams and two second-rounders. <laughs> Only to come back to the Lakers on a minimum salary. Yeah, he got his bag and then came back. This, uh, I just love it. I love it. He's a character that the league needs, Mm. and for the Lakers, I tell you what, their average age is just they are (laughs) would be thirty-seven. Yeah, probably would be in the mid-thirties. So it's um. But again, he brings that veteran uh, point guard experience yeah. and leadership. Uh, well, he does, and Clippers just didn't utilize him, especially in the yep. playoffs, where you saw how well the Lakers utilized him um, when they won the finals. And he's not a mouth that needs to be fed. No, like, we've no, got no. Melo, we've got Westbrook, mm. LeBron, AD. All these mouths need feeding, but Rondo can just kind of fill the gaps. Mm. I think he's simply a facilitator at this point he in his is. career in Absolutely. that team. Yep. Yeah, yep. I think playoff. He's a uh, his knowledge, IQ, experience will be invaluable. So, Crazy. Uh, tell you what, a couple of these bodies, though, these older bodies, a couple of injuries could uh, could take place and they could look a bit ordinary. Is it worth talking about at some stage in the future when we talk about the Lakers? Like, yeah, they've got some really good players and they're very deep, but a lot of these older bodies might break down yeah. quite early. But Well, that's the thing. When we do our season preview, yeah. I'm looking forward to talking about it, but I think we will see quite a lot of a lot more of Horton Tucker, of Nunn, yeah. of some of those younger bodies carrying them the load a little more in the regular season. Um, Agree. But come playoffs, they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch. It's like the, the band of misfits. It so is. looking forward to seeing that. The the Cavs have signed not only a big man, but a big, big, big man. The they, biggest man. The, the biggest, biggest man. man. They've signed Taco Fall to a one-year deal. Non-guaranteed. Comes from Boston where he does. we didn't see too much of him, but it's almost just the novelty of having mm. a guy this big. Yep, yep. I, I think he's got – I'd like to see a bit, bit yeah. of him, like even in the G League just actually seen a little yeah. more of what he can do. Because uh, I know there's been a lot of fanfare just given his name, given his size. Mm. But he has shown glimpses of ability. We just haven't seen it consistently enough. Why so. do you think that is? Why do you think he's ex- he hasn't been given the exposure that perhaps you think a guy of his height and stature should be given? They're treating him almost like a baby giraffe, aren't they? Yeah. Like in the sense that just giving him little bits and pieces mm, to yeah. kind of but nurturing him along the way. But yeah. I, I think we need to see a bit more of him. I hope if Cleveland kind of starts to, to bottom out again this season that we get, get to see a bit more of Taco Tuesday. Uh, contract extension that I really I really like, I to be honest, um, is Clint Capelli's yes. agreed mm. on a two-year $46 million extension with the Hawks. That comes after he's still got two years at $36 million on his current Jeez. contract. So he'll be under contract till 2024-2025. He is one of the better big men in he the is. league, isn't he? At, yes. at what he does, like there's 
more well-rounded big men, Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic Embiid, who can shoot, who can do a little mm. bit more. But in terms of just being a presence in the paint, getting yep. the boards, defending competently, he is one of the best there is. He does it. And like it's such a dynamic duo with him and Trey. Like and, They're built for each other. And it was key to lock him up, wasn't yeah. it? And just to, to show Trey and to show the, the organisation that they're really investing yeah. in him and their future. Mm. Um, so certainly a good move locking him up there. Good price as well. I think $23 million a season in the back half of that contract is, uh, is a fair a price. I a bit more, to be honest. I thought they were skimping a bit. Skimping a bit? Yeah. They could have gone a bit They could have gone a little higher, but I think that's a good deal for them. A couple of players who are hoping to see get deals, free agent guards Isaiah Thomas, Lance Stevenson, and Monte Ellis mm. all worked out with the Mavs the I other day. That. Talk about someone I haven't heard for a while, Monte Ellis. Geez, I probably haven't heard of him since 2016-2017 <laughs> season. I had not heard a peep out of that guy. I was thinking when I like, when I saw this, I thought, IT would love to see him yeah. back. He's certainly, you know, I've, I've, we've all been singing his praises for the last year or two that, you know, he deserves that opportunity. He's yeah. put in the yeah. work, and I think he still has a lot to offer a team. Um, Len Stevenson, I just want to see back for the pure comedy, <laughs> yeah, um, playing the guitar, bring it on. Celebrations. But Monte Ellis is one you know I had completely forgotten about. Do you remember how dominant he was when in the early Golden State days mm. before Steph made a name for himself and he was that guy averaging 25 yeah. a night I read a story, Golden actually. State. I saw a heap of stories coming about Clay the other week. Yeah. And yeah. one was... Um, Clay, I think, jacked up a shot that was... I saw this. Like, I think it was a poor shot at yep. rest or something, and like Ellis said to him, you know, you need... You're a rook. You're a rook. Cool the yeah, jet. Yeah. Next time Clay's got the ball, he's just flung it. It's <laughs> gone in, no doubt about it, but I just... How yeah. the tables have turned with that. Indeed. Yeah, he's making bulk point mm. old Clay, but mm. Ellis, I don't know, can we see him back in the league? Do you reckon he's still got a bit to offer? Um, I well, think Out it's... of those three, then, let's pose it this way. If there, you could pick one of those three players... I, the I, think, I don't know if it's because we've seen the most exposure of him outside mm, of the league, yep. mm. but I would still go IT. I, I agree. I think I'd, for China, China land as well. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see him back. I think IT's definitely got the highest chance of returning to the league, but I'm sure that those other two have something to give on a yep. very, very small contract. Absolutely. Um, a guy who's getting the small contract, but absolutely stoked to hear this. Um, after he's been cleared to play once again this week after yep. retiring earlier last season due to a regular heartbeat, Lamarcus Aldridge has passed all the medical evaluations, all the tests. The Nets are re-signing him to a one-year minimum deal, two point six million. Mm. This is fantastic. You love we to really, see it. We really thought his career was over, mm. um, and it was quite scary what he was going through. But to see him back in business, there are uh, the, the Nets are just. They're loaded, aren't they? With the acquisition oh, so of Paddy Mill. Um, another name they've got during the week as well, Paul Millsap. Yeah, Average like, 9 points, 4.7 rebounds and 1.8 assists for the Nuggets last year. So mm. he joined what is an absolutely loaded roster. Yeah. The crazy thing is their starting five could go down and they could still be playoff contenders. That's the crazy exactly. thing. Yep. Like that's how deep they are and that's how many quality players they have. I really love this, though, because he's defied the odds. Yeah. We thought that was the end of Lamarcus Aldridge. And did you think when he retired, it was sort of, even though he retired due to the blood clots, did you think it was sort of getting to that point of his career where it would have made sense for him to retire anyway? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because I, I think, like, I thought it kind of coincided quite well yeah, with, his, yeah. with his timeline. Um, but he obviously feels like he's, he's got, got to heaps to give. So. And he, I, it'll be interesting to see the role he plays because we also heard this morning that uh, Brooklyn's trading DeAndre Jordan away. Mm. Um, so he's going, there's a little caveat on this, but uh, they're trading DeAndre Jordan for four future second round picks and $5.78 million to Detroit for Jahil Okafor and Seku Demboya. Um, but the Pistons are planning to work through a buyout on Jordan. Well, they have. Um, and the Lake. Oh, they have, haven't they? They it have. should come through in the last hour or so. Um, DeAndre um, Jordan signs a one-year 2.6 mil with the Lakers, so same as Aldridge. And I think the reason that the Nets did this was because it frees up about $40 million worth of cap space. I heard, yeah, in the luxury yeah. tax, which is just massive. Yeah. Uh, so l- there's a lot to break down within that. So for the Nets... Aldridge back, they are their lineup is just stacked. But on mm. the Lakers side, so they've lost Drummond, but getting mm. in Jordan. Well, ooh. Jordan wouldn't be the number one five, would he? And re-recruiting. Well, they'll probably play Davis at the five. Yeah. Hopefully, Dwight will get minutes. Dwight will get. Dwight. Oh, God, you say I forget Dwight's there as well. It's just ridiculous the cast they've and and Gasol still assembled? there. Assembled, assembled. 
Ensemble? Assembled. Assembled. I'm killing it today. No, on fire. Were you thinking Assembled. ensemble? Ensemble, yeah. <laughs> no. You can tell when we've had a week off, can't you? Yeah, rust. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of ring rust. But yeah, their uh, guitar is still there. Far out. So, how many big men? How, how many I'd, players in each position really do they have? Depth? It's just that it's depth crazy. because they're older bodies. So yeah. Five minutes for you, five minutes for <laughs> you. But um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how they play out. Uh, another little trade that went down earlier today the Celtics. Receive Wancho, Wancho, Vernon Gomez, Love this. and Memphis received Chris Dunn, Carson Edwards, and a 2026 second round pick. So mm. a move that doesn't move the needle too much, but frees up a roster spot for the Celtics there. Yeah, adds a bit of depth as well. I think he's going to be quality off the bench. And it's just fun to say his name, Wancho. It is. I like Vernon Gomez. Yeah, that's, you get both, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So interesting there. A couple of moves being made, but still potentially the biggest move still to be made Involving Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's still oh, a boy. big candidate for multiple locations. We've heard LA in or California is the prime location, but I just want to pose something I saw to you that um, Daryl Morey mm. wants to exchange Simmons for either Steph Curry or Clay Thompson mm. in a deal that involves either. But he was a he was a deal um, this was one by mock trades yeah. that was projected. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put this by you just in the air and see how you feel. Mm. So Philly receive Steph Curry. <laughs> stop it. Just stop the it. Warriors receive <laughs> Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, and two first-round picks. No, keeping Steph Curry. That's a big package, though, isn't mm. it? He's a, Steph Curry leads that. Like he, he does lead it, and he's the franchise cornerstone. We know how unreliable Ben Simmons That's has been. That's a huge package, uh, yeah. That's I know. I can see where you're coming from. Tobias Harris, he's he, last season he was good, but we've seen in the past he's been very unreliable. Yeah, Steph Curry probably one of the most, if not the most, reliable guy in the league yeah. on any given no, no chance. And we've I, seen that happen before. These massive packages, they will. So all these pieces go into Golden State, and they kind of just fizzle out, yeah. get traded, mm-hmm. and it becomes not worth it because you've lost your franchise player. I just couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, that's a crazy package, isn't it? But um, Well, how, how old Steph at the moment? He's 33. Three. The only reason that they would do that is if they're looking to, if they're not looking to win necessarily now and they're looking to the, to the future. Because you put Simmons with that, those young players like Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, mm. um, and you've, you've got quite a good core for the future going forward. So <laughs> it depends how much you believe in Simmons. Um if, if they do believe in him, I think it's quite a good package in the sense of they're still going to be quite competent now, mm-hmm. um, especially if Harris can fire. You've still got a shooter in the other Curry, Seth, coming back. The, th- um, the thing is, I think Steph is one of the few players in the league who are untouchable. Yes. Yeah, There's not many, but he is... He's one of them, for sure. And like uh, The only place you could see him going is potentially Charlotte. Like, to end up his career... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Um, I thought you were talking about Ben Simmons, wasn't it? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> about the fit. <laughs> I don't think the fit would work there. But, um, yes, it's Curry is one of those players who is practically untouchable. Yep. But, yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's just, it had my head spinning saying don't that. Like um, lads, do you have anything else from odds and ends? No. No, no it's been, uh, the news has been a little bit slower, but as we start to ramp up towards training camps and the season restart, I tell you what, I don't know about you guys, but I'm... I just feel a little bit lost at sea still. It's a bit like that. Yeah. No scores to check on a daily basis. Yeah, no, check a, the fantasy squad. No. I'm, I'm seeing my, uh, like, when I get the notification from Apple, my phone time is mm. just going down and down yeah, and down, would. which is good. It would. A bit of a cleanse. So uh, I reckon, I know we've mentioned this in the past, but I definitely reckon we get a daily dribble fantasy league up and running. Absolutely. We'll Probably closer to October, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get it set up. We gave our, last year we had a, for any of our listeners, a little fantasy league. Um, it was kind of a trial year, wasn't it? Just mm. to uh, just to put the feelers out there, yeah. see how we go. Separate the contenders from the pretenders. Absolutely, all three of us were up there in the mix. So that try take down the reigning champ. Yeah. Oh, it's not oh. happening. It's not happening. Going back to back, the Number double one, the double oh, yeah. champ. You and Conor McGregor sitting there <laughs> together. Um, but we we are going to get that back up and running this year. Certainly yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. Draft night is stressful, isn't it? Oh, Imagine being a player through draft night. Drafting a fantasy team is stressful. Yeah. So, But like technical difficulties when you're on draft, yeah. draft night on the fantasy. Oh. I tell you what, though, we, it was, it's a big, it's a long night, isn't it? When you've got a lot of yeah. people in the league, it's a big, uh, it is, big yeah. undertaking. It's really entertaining, though. Get it a few is. drinks into you and 
Absolutely. He could be taking bloody Ben Simmons with your first pick. You just oh, don't know what. You, you would have to be buckled. <laughs> Very good, fellas. Let's move ahead to judge, jury, and executioner. So for any of our new listeners, this is a segment where we pit co-host against co-host, and we have our third co-host being the judge as such. So yeah. the, the two will duke it out, put forth their best argument for the topic at hand. Um, at the end of the debate, the judge will rule in favour of a side, the, the ultimate bragging rights, and uh, mm. I guess... Just power, power, authority. Um, yes, yeah, so my uh, my power is somewhat dwindled. I've had a horrid run the couple of instances we've done this segment, um, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah. I was mentioning to Nick and Lee before the podcast that the Australian listeners would have watched The Castle, one of the all-time classic Australian movies. If you've seen The Lawyer in that movie, there's a lot of him trying to justify the case by saying, oh, I think it's just the vibe. The vibe. I think it's just the feel of it. <laughs> And I think it's going to be very similar today in today's segment. There's not too much analytical stuff going on, not too much Coming logic. Heart. Yeah. Just heart and the vibe and That's the feel it. of it. So, hey man, there's not going to be no suits business here, is there? I wouldn't have thought so, but we'll I'm see looking how forward we to it. Bellas, I might take up the mantle of the judge first. Okay. Oh. So I'll, I'll let you guys set the tone early. Oh, we didn't come in with our... Dun, dun, yeah, dun, no, dun, 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 there's still time. There is still time. But we won't. We won't. We'll save it for next time. The Law and Order music is a staple mark of the segment. Um, yep. The iconic tune that goes with it. So we'll be sure to bring that back next time around. Just imagine it, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that is a tune. Okay, fellas, I'll take up the role of the Honourable Judge of the Daily Dribble Courtroom. My question I pose to you both, which conference... Will this season's NBA champion come from, and why? You want to kick us off? I can kick us off. I'll go in. So, I've said the Eastern Conference, and I think everyone's got my back here. I think a lot of people are behind me in saying that. Um, I, I only really need to put forward two teams to you, really. The reigning champs in them in the Milwaukee Bucks um, being number one. One, two, so you can't really even decide. And then um, you could say the Avengers in the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so you start with the Bucks first. They're making it to the playoffs, even probably without Giannis. They're getting 50-plus wins um, in the regular season, but that doesn't even matter because, like I said, they get into the playoffs. Um, they've gotten over that playoff hump or bump, really, where... Um, they couldn't really knock out teams, but now they've just found a way to grind down through every team in the playoffs. You've got um, Shaq, number two, in Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just feeds off the fast breaks. He's just an, probably, he's definitely the most dominant force in the game. You've got Clutchman, Mr. Chris Middleton. Clutchman. Um, you've <laughs> got the best small defender in the game in Drew Holiday. You've got Crazy Eyes, Bobby Portis. Oh. You've got it's just too too much good talent on um, the Milwaukee Bucks, um, and you look over to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we could be saying if KD's big foot wasn't on the three point line, <laughs> we'd be dope. saying that um, Brooklyn Nets are the NBA champions because they would have made it through and they would have beaten. They would have beaten um, the Suns. Um, you think of James Harden in that um, series against the Bucks. He had a hamstring tweak in Game Two, and then Kyrie also had a um, injury in Game Four, I believe. But remember how insane KD still played. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, like I said, it was just a toe away from them making it to the finals. You've got Joe Harris, the sharpshooter, who stays. They've signed Blake to another year, I believe. You've got veteran shooter Patty Mills added, LaMarcus Aldridge. You've got Paul Millsap. But then you forget about all these undiscovered gems in like Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton. Um, But then, like I said, you add KD, Harden and Kyrie. Um, Durant has a case to be one of the... uh, I'd go there. I'll go there and say he has one of the cases to be one of the best players alive. Um. We should see James Harden in his full first season with the Brooklyn Nets as a three. Um, Kyrie is an elite point guard when he's healthy and wants to play. Um, But and then, but then, so you've got those two, and they're they're top runners in the whole NBA to win the finals, I'd say. But then you add people like Miami Heat with their new additions. You've got the Hawks with, um, you know, their their deep roster. They're in contention. And then you add on um, the Knicks who are up and coming, Rose Boston Celtics. It's a scary prospect. Okay, let me pose these couple of questions to you just to kind of uncover a little bit more yeah. of where your head's at. So with the Nets, do you believe 
they can make it work chemistry-wise, especially since adding in all these new mouths to feed because mm. Paddy's he's a team player, but he's going to want to get his a bit. You've got Aldridge in the fold. You've got yeah. a lot of... It's kind of my apprehension with the Lakers a little bit mm. as well. Um, so many mouths to feed. Mm. And we thought we didn't see too much of that cohesion last year, actually yeah. gelling as a big three, but as a team as a whole. Yeah. Do you think they can make it work? I think so. I think it's just a matter of... Um, sacrificing some of their play styles. You saw James Harden did it. He went. He was a 35, 40 points a game yeah. scorer at Houston. He came over and sacrificed that whole game to be the main facilitator, and he still scores. Apart from the big three, they've they haven't got too many big egos. Yeah. I'd say so. I think it wouldn't be too big of a deal for some of these players to switch up their game and sacrifice um, some of their play style because in the end they all have the same direction and the same vision, and that's just to win the NBA Finals, and they'll do anything to get to those lengths. In terms of the Bucks, then, now, for as good as they were, the NBA champs mm. had a phenomenal season, not taking anything away from them, but they looked shaky at times throughout the playoffs. They nearly buckled out against the, the Nets there. Mm. The Suns had them on the ropes early. Yeah. Um, also, the Hawks really pushed them so they they got they skated by a couple of times mm. like they didn't completely dominate mm. do you think they're as good as as being nba champs like they're the champs the reigning champs but are they that good well the thing is um this is crazy actually because drew holiday came along but they're only going to get better it's not like they're going to diminish in quality the more time they play together the better um you see in a lot of these um, playoff series where they were struggling a bit. You notice they were struggling just at the start. So I think they're just one of those teams that need to feel it out a little bit and um, kind of work around how they're going to take down each each team in each series. Fair answer. Can't argue with that. Thank you. You That's may fair. step back to the bench. <laughs> and up fourth, Mr. Rohanko. I'll tell you what, when Lee mentioned Bobby Portis, he almost swayed me <laughs> to the other side. <laughs> Um, for my, my side of things, I reckon the champion will come from the West. And Lee said that he thought everyone would be on his side. I actually think that I will have the majority here. No. I'm looking over to the jury right now and they're, they're nodding in agreement. Um, I think for me, though, with this one, it's a simple case of weight of numbers and probability. So in my on my side of things, I look at the East and I think, okay, who are the legitimate chances to contend for a championship. I'm not talking about who's legitimate chance to go into the second round or even Eastern Conference final. I'm talking about to take it all out. I agree with Lee that the Nets on paper, they're probably a top two team in the league or maybe three. Um, the thing with me, though, is I cannot trust that main core group of the Nets to be there on the court at the same time at the important time of the league, of the um, season. I think we know what to expect out of KD if he's healthy. Do not know what to expect out of Kyrie Irving. As Lee said, he chooses when he wants to play. So we don't even know if his heart's going to be... We don't even know if he's going to be an NBA player at the end of the season. That's how unpredictable he is. Even without him, I think they're still a very good team. But I think you'd want him out there when it matters. James Harden, again, it's probably going to take another year of chemistry to fully integrate him into the into the team. But I think they're that they are a legitimate chance. And then Lee was mentioning as well the Bucks. I think the thing with the Bucks though is incredible of a season as they had, we know how difficult it is for any team to go back to back. It's hard in any professional sport. And I think as you said, Nick, as the judge said, they a few things went their way throughout the playoff series. And you just wondered if they, if, you know, KD's toe was half an inch shorter, if they would have had the same impact. And I would suggest not. Now, we look on the other side of things yes. in the Western Conference. Now, these are the teams, you can feel free to disagree if you want, but these are the teams that I feel are legitimate contenders come the end of the year. For the, not only the fight the finals but the winning the championship winning, winning the, i can see any of these teams winning the championship how about it big boy what you got los angeles lakers you're just trying to soften the judge aren't you? <laughs> oh, they're looking really good now. <laughs> <laughs> phoenix suns denver nuggets utah jazz los angeles clippers 
Now, let me just have a quick explanation on each of these ones. Los Angeles Lakers, they'll look to bounce back after a really injury-riddled season. They'll, they won't be proud of where they finished and how they bowed out. Um, and they're probably, along with the Nets, probably the deepest team on paper. Clippers hopefully will have a healthy Kawhi Leonard at the right time of the season. Um, we know this year that he got injured, and if he wasn't injured, in my opinion, I reckon they would have taken it right up to the Suns and probably headed to the finals, and then who knows what happens. I think the Phoenix Suns, they'll be as hungry as any team because you don't know heartbreak until you lose on the biggest stage, and they've got players who are very hungry for that championship specifically Chris Paul, who we all believe deserves at least one throughout the course of his career, and Devin Booker, who just got a little taste of it and thought, I actually quite like this. (laughs) Um, Denver Nuggets, they'll be bolstered with the addition of Jamal Murray, who was out for a long stint of this season. We've seen in the past that they can make deep playoff runs with him, Um, and I think they still performed pretty admirably without Jamal Murray last season to be honest with you i know they bowed out fairly early in the playoffs but he's a key cog to to that team um and their aspirations and the last team that i will mention is the utah jazz and i think they had the best regular season record out of anybody and i guess the question with them at the moment is can they translate Mm. their really good regular season performances to the playoffs i think they can i think their key players are still young Donovan Mitchell's probably heading into his prime at the moment, and he may not even be there. Um, and I think that's a scary prospect for other teams coming up against them in in big games. So I guess to sum up my argument, Judge, I think there are more teams in the Western Conference who can contend for a championship as opposed to the Eastern Conference. So I think it's more of a case of probability that one of these really good teams in the West will win the championship as opposed to one of the few teams in the East. I rest my case. So Um, I just, I agree with what you said in the probability point. I will disagree with the point of the Clippers. I I saw that in your eye, Judge. I I did see that. I really think they're going to be... It's sneak into the playoffs and be around the playing pitcher. Really? Yeah. Respectfully disagree, Judge. Uh, we should have had that in a debate, shouldn't we? Um, but I, I do agree with the weight and numbers point. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's a, here's my last question before I make my ruling, and it's just a, a one-word answer. Sure. So if you had to each nominate kind of a champion from your conference in the finals, yeah. who is your nomination? For me, it's the Nets. And sorry, I just need to say this, but Roe was... Did you not hear my question? Roe was saying strength in numbers. How many teams make it to the finals? How many? But it's about probability of about... But it doesn't really logically make sense because... I'm not talking about logic. It's a vibe. It's the feel. (laughs) One person is logically making it out of the West. Yep. One person is making it out of the East. It's a matter of who's the best in the East because... Or the West. It doesn't matter how many teams are good. So your your nomination is the Nets. It is, Roy. This is how you win a case. Uh, I reckon I'll go with the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. No, but seriously, I think the Lakers out of all of those teams that I mentioned, and it's going to come down to being healthy. And I admit that. But when they are healthy, I think they. Let me just let me just add real quick. I have a quote unquote from Roy um, earlier in the um, podcast. It was in odds and ends. Sorry, I just need to say this real quick. Roy. Yep, go for it. Roe said, quote unquote, during odds and ends, the older bodies break down more easily. Roe said that. No, he said that. I said, a, is that worth mentioning at some stage? And I said, I think it would be worth mentioning. But I think if they I think if I, th- as I was, I was mentioning just before Lee inter- rudely interrupted me, mind you, I think that. That will be a talking point. But I think if they are healthy at the right end of the season, that no one will be able to beat them. Okay, Roe also said earlier in Does the Does anyone pub- want to hear my ruling? Roe, I, I do, Judge. Sorry, Roe also said the Nets starting five could go down into playoff or finals contention. Yeah, already got the rebound. With, without, without the starting five. No, no, no. no. That's get, what get you said. your quote right. That's what you said. Well, get your quote right. right. I said that the Nets starting five could go down, they could still make playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, I reckon you can rewind the tape. And... Uh, I think I think you're right. I think Lee's trying to put a little. Uh, twist he put on mustard it. on that. He's, he's <laughs> put a little spun twist that. On it. 
Okay, I agree with my ruling now. Shane Warne offspring. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. I I like both the arguments you made, and I agree. That point you made later on in the piece Mm. um, about there's only one champion, I really agree with. I also see the side of uh, mathematics and probability Mm -hmm. that the more chances you have, the more likely you are. Mm -hmm. Um, In the debate of if it was Lakers against Nets, Mm -hmm. that's hard because you really weighing up health Mm -hmm. um, against cohesion. Um, ah, oh, this is this is I think one of the hardest we've had to call because it is really split down the middle, mm. and there's so many great arguments for both sides. And let me just quickly interrupt you, sorry, Nick, and say that I I did admit that the Nets were top two or three in the league, so I can see where your I guess is difficulty is to split them. I'm going to rule in. Favour of the East. Yes. yes and then I say that with, and that's hard to swallow because it's the Lakers as well. But just I when just, you try to butter the judge up, I and just happens. feel like the Lakers almost have. Like I, I feel more confident in the Nets' rotation and lineup. I feel yeah. like I need to see the Lakers first because they've mm-hmm. got. As we we were just saying, how there's Gasol, there's Jordan, there's. The, it, I I don't know what their lineup's actually going to be like, mm-hmm. and they will certainly iron that out before the playoffs. But just. This was kind of because it was a 50-50. This was the point that swayed me. I can just see the Nets, actually how their rotation looks. Mm. Let me just ask this question, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm accepting the decision. Can you trust the Brooklyn Nets come playoffs, like their core group, as I was mentioning before? Can you trust that they will all be out there, fit and firing and willing to play at the same no, time? No, no, but that's that was kind of the point I had as well with the. I can't trust the older bodies of the mm-hmm. Lakers. Mm-hmm. So the, the kind of the, the the splitting factor was like, and there's only a hair in it, was mm-hmm. just a, at the minute, like for the start of the season, I can see a better idea of how the Nets look. Mm-hmm. But I think come playoffs, the Lakers, like they will have found out their formula yep. and will probably look better. Um, but just at the minute, that was the only point that swayed me and there was really nothing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get ties in court, but... It was as close as you could come to having one. So. Yeah, I'm happy with the um, argument I put up, I think. Absolutely. You as should be. Mind. Very well done, fellas. I'll go next. There we go. Judge. Let's do it. <laughs> Can I go back to back? Back to back, Jack. Okay, okay. So we know over the off-season the Bulls have recruited some pretty significant names, really. They've recruited DeMar DeRozan, and they've also recruited Lonzo Ball, who's sort of got a bit of a fresh start at the Chicago Bulls. Um, among the other names, but they're, they're the main ones. Um, my question to you guys, or I mean you two, um, is that will the Chicago Bulls be legitimate contenders for the upcoming season? Can I can I just ask you a question before we yeah. both go into this? When you say legitimate contenders, is this actual legitimate finals contenders? And we're not talking about... Um, God, who's someone that isn't really like? I'd say the Knicks like are. The when, yeah, when Knicks. I, in my mind, when I said contenders, I think will they be competing against the other really good teams at the pointy end yeah. of the year? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I might start us off first. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I've been locked in my cage for a little while, <laughs> so I'm all ready to go. I'm going to say yes, mm-hmm. and I think that point of view to clarifying then the fact that being serious contenders and legitimate title favourites or mm. Yeah, favourites, let's say that. It's two different things. I think they can be contenders, um, but within that they'll need pretty much everything to fall perfectly. Um, With the acquisitions they've made, I really think their starting five has um, can give a lot of teams problems. Uh, You look at their starting five, Lonzo in the point guard role, Levine, DeRozan, probably Pat Williams as a power forward um, due to his growth and development. I've liked what I've seen from him. And then you've got Vucevic, um, followed up with Caruso, Kobe White, Derek Jones Jr. off the bench. Mm. And they've got a really well-rounded core. And I think the big piece that I like for them is the way that starting five fits together. You've got a capable playmaker in Londo, and his development has been trending upwards, especially in this last 12 months. Um, Levine, I, I will just say I loved what he did uh, in the Olympics. I think behind KD, he was probably their number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, more so with what he did off the ball, which was the, the big part for me. Like on the ball, we know how good he is, his shooting, his all of his abilities. But what he did off the ball with this team now, given there's more mouths to feed, I think if he's able to kind of adapt 
to a potentially a newer role. He's still going to be the focal point of the offense, but you're going to have DeRozan getting his own. You're going to have Vooch. You're going to have Alonzo. He's, just from what that little glimpse we saw in the Olympics, I think it was kind of a positive sign that he'll be able to adapt well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the big point is that they've got a center that's probably the envy of the league. Uh, we know there's quality centers well-rounded in Jokic and Bede, who I alluded to earlier, but Vooch is one of them. Uh, we've spoken about how he would have been a perfect asset for the Celtics, but within him, they've got a brilliant stretch five. It enables, it opens up the lane for players like Lonzo to drive, whose outside shot's a little bit wayward at times. Um, it gives Pat Williams more room to maneuver, as well as DeRozan, who is just a mid-range master. So mm. it kind of clears a bit of space for them all, um, as well as himself being capable inside. Uh, for me, their big, their big uh, question that Mark that hangs over them is their young players. Uh, Kobe White, Pat Williams, Tony Bradley, the centre who came from OKC, who will back up Vooch. Um, they all need to show some development, I think, and that comes into my point of everything mm. needing to fall right, which I believe it can. We've seen the strides Kobe White made. He's one of the better sixth men we saw this year. Uh, likewise, Pat Williams, even just the glimpses we saw in Summer League have been positive indicators that he's on the right track. Shout out to Apex, because we know how much he'll, he'll love to hear a bit of Pat Williams talk. <laughs> Um, so if they've got that solid eight to nine deep rotation, that's they've got a bit of youth there. They're going to stay healthy, hopefully. We, out of all their players, they haven't had any serious injuries except for Levine. Um, mm. But it's, I think with what they can do in the starting five and off the bench with Caruso as well, I think they're uh, in pretty good shape. Um, they've got quite a little more on the defensive side now mm. with the players they've acquired, but offensively, I think they've got a lot more kind of plays they can run, a lot more schemes that they can go to, as opposed to Levine being the one-man wrecking crew. Mm -hmm. They can get Vooch down in the post. They can stretch the floor with their – they've got some shooters around them um, or get DeRozan in the mid-range. They've got more game winners Mm -hmm. when it comes time to take that last shot. Say a team like the Lakers, you know it's – or Brooklyn, it's going to KD, or Lakers, it's going to LeBron. They've got a few options, which Mm -hmm. really kind of tests the defense. Um, but, yeah, to be serious contenders, I think they'll need to get home court. So they'll need to be in that four range. Yep. Um, and I think if you look at the teams that were there this year, the Knicks, the Hawks, and around that mark, I think they can be well and truly up and around that mark. Thank you. Take a mouthful of water, Did, my goodness. Um, just a few questions um, to yourself, Nicholas. Um, first one, um, how do you think the Chicago Bulls chemistry will go throughout the course of this season, do you reckon it's something that will interfere with actually getting the wins on the board in the first place to finish with a high seed, as you were mentioning? Or do you think some of these players have been in the league for a, for a fair while now? So do you think that they will fit in with each other seamlessly and figure out each other's game style um, quite seamlessly? So I, I'm think just... I, I haven't seen their initial um, fixtures for the first bit of the season mm-hmm. as to see if they've got a tough schedule or not. Um I think their talent initially might be good enough to get them the wins while that chemistry builds. But I think with that kind of team they've got, they've got enough youth, they've Mm. got enough experience to kind of help them develop as well. Um, And I think it's still evident that Levine is the focal point, the leader of this team. So I think there's kind of a hierarchy to it. Um, It'll just be a matter initially of kind of them gelling um, with their play styles. Mm. But I think their quality will be good enough to get them the wins. Just... Just one more question then. Um, so who do you think the Chicago Bulls could overtake in this upcoming season? I'll show you the standings as we speak. Who do you think that they can overtake to finish at a fairly good seed? So I think for me the question is I think they can take it right up to the Knicks and the Hawks who were in that fourth, fifth spot. Yep. Um, given that, I expect Miami to be better this season. So I think they're going to be – an uh, with Philly, it's touch and go on chemistry if Simmons mm. stays. So there's still a lot there. You see Brooklyn and uh, Milwaukee as the top two. Mm, you do. Um, then there's no clear number three. Like I mm. think that third and fourth can be between the Heat, Hawks, Knicks, yep. um, you know, the Bulls. So there's a few There's a few spots there. I think that top two is pretty solid. But I think they're on par with the Knicks who finished fourth So you think year. they could finish around that fourth yep. mark? Okay. I yep. think so. Yep. And that gives them a legitimate chance, and I think home court for a team, the older you get, like we saw with the Lakers, their care factor for home court 
wasn't that high because mm. they've you know they've got players like LeBron who's been there, but when they've got these younger players and players who haven't reached those heights yet, I think having home court is pretty advantageous. Lovely. Over to you, Liam. Okay, Chicago Bulls. I don't have a doubt in my mind that the Chicago Bulls now have a direction to go. They definitely have a vision and a direction to go. Um, I'd say if they're going to win a championship or make it to the finals, it'll happen within the next three or four years, sure. But this first year, mm-mm. No, not, a not today. It's not happening. Um, one of my main points, um, and I was, I've been having to think about this, is just you think about how many teams who have got gotten together a pretty well-rounded team, a good team, have won in their first year, won an NBA Finals or made it far in their first year. Um, you look at the Brooklyn Nets last year, um, they made it to the conference finals, didn't make it to the um, finals, but um, I'd say that's an example of it. And even the Miami Heat, um, when they signed LeBron and when they had D-Wade and Chris Bosh. they Raptors, d- when they got quiet yeah. the title. Yeah, yeah, and, but Miami didn't, didn't win until 2012, so that took two years for them since they signed LeBron. Um, but like I said, they have a good direction. Um, you look at another big issue for me is their defense now, I think, um, especially with DeRozan and Levine on the floor. That's not going to be a pretty side. I think that's going to be um, a pretty easy gateway for the opposing team to um, just put in buckets like it's nothing else. You look like you have something to say, Nick. You got your finger in your no, mouth. No, I was just... Did you see the Olympics? <laughs> yeah. They was phenomenal. But they they don't... Then It's not, a different game. It's a different game. But... It's a different game. And then you said they have um, the ability to beat. Who Who were the three that you said they had? Well, I think they can take it up to the Knicks, the Hawks, okay. Miami. Okay. But then you look at... like This is why I had to premise what we meant by contenders. Because Brooklyn and Milwaukee are real contenders. And I, I think um, for you to win this argument, Nick... The Bulls would have to be up there with those two teams. They're real contenders for the the finals. You've got Brooklyn with, like I've said, KD. You've got Harden. You've Let got... me just butt in. Contending to be competing with those teams at the end of the year. Yeah. N- not necessarily champions. Not champions, but, but contending to be. Brooklyn and Milwaukee are championship contenders. And isn't yeah. that what we said was the premise of... Contending with them, like kind of... Being able to take it up to them, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is yeah. that yeah. not but, necessarily beat them? But even but, yeah, even Miami, I, I've, I've questioned about Miami too because they're in, in the exact same boat. They've got these new faces that have come along and you just don't know how well they're going to gel with each other in their first year. Um, but then I think Boston will make a um, kind of insert more insurgence into the league if they can get their cards right. They had a couple injuries last year. That's one way to win an argument. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Hawks have just signed Clint on another two-year deal, so they're they've got a direction. They've got Trey Young. I, I honestly don't think the Bulls are making it past the second round, and that's where I'm at right now. That's the end of my story. Judge. Okay. Um, so. I've just got one question for you. Do you think that it's it's sort of the opposite to the question that I asked Nick? Do you think um, their chemistry will be lacking throughout the court? Do you reckon the chemistry will be the main reason that they cannot compete? Chemistry on court, on court chemistry. Yes, yep. Or do you think it's just a matter of too many other good teams? That's that's one point. Too many other good teams, and just the fact that. It, it is a fact that it takes time for a team to gel and mesh together. And I think just like every other team in the league that has acquired such big players, it's going to take time for them to gel as a team. Okay. I've come to my decision. Do I think the Chicago Bulls will improve considerably in comparison to this last season? Yes, do I think that they will be competing around the three to four deep playoff pitcher? Not this season. Mm. <laughs> Not this season. I I think I think I look at the I look at the Chicago Bulls this season as a better version of the New Orleans Pelicans in terms of 
well, some of the players are similar, but they've got similar playing styles as well. Look at DeMar DeRozan. He's sort of like the Brandon Ingram type. Yeah. Um, we look at um, Vucevic is a better Stephen Adams. Um, but the thing with that team is that they didn't look to be on the same page. They sort of all looked a bit out of sync. And I wondered if some of those players stuck around, if in a few years' time they would have yeah. improved. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. I was agreeing with what you were saying on a longer-term basis. I think maybe over the next two to three years they might yeah. be in that picture. I can certainly see them sitting around the six, seven, eight. Do yeah. I think that's going to be enough like a final seed to contend with the best teams at the end of the year? Probably not. I think on paper, they're probably one of the best starting fives in the league, but it doesn't doesn't come all come down to the starting five and the talent that you've got on, on the court. A big part of it is the chemistry that you have with your, the other players. I just can't get there, can I? I just can't quite get there. I uh, you, you were close, but if it was, do you think that they will improve this year? Do you yeah. think that they'll be playing playoffs? Absolutely. Yep. Do I think that they'll be three, four seed? Not personally, no. I, and I think that's certainly like their ceiling. That's me hoping for the absolute best. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff has to go right, doesn't it? I enjoyed that one, Lee. Yeah, two for two. That's all good. right. Come on, let's back it up. I need one more. I've got one more chance. I'll go to take one, surely. Okay, this is Wait, uh, one of us is going home very, very flat, <laughs> very flat. So I proposed the question to the boys, and this is one that I've been just haven't been able to wrap my head around for a long time because it's so almost 50-50. Mine was, who's the better leader, Chris Paul or LeBron James? Okie dokie. Do you want to start, Rod? Do you want me to go? I'll kick yourself. How about it? Power move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think personally, and they're very, very hard to split. We've had this conversation plenty of times. I think if I had the choice, though, of choosing any player in the league, LeBron, CB3, any other player, I would choose LeBron to go into battle with. Um, I don't think many people realise just how long LeBron has been a leader for his team in the league. He's been a leader for his team since day one in the NBA Mm -hmm. and probably before that, probably in high school. Um, So straight away, to me, that just speaks to how natural and incredible of a leader LeBron is. The fact that he's been able to lead his team from the get-go for the last 16, now 17 years in the highest level and lead them to championships. Um, The thing about great leaders as well is they make the players around them better. You look at some of the players that LeBron has played with over the course of his career, particularly in those late Cleveland Cavaliers days, like (laughs) they were hot rubbish really. (laughs) they, they, They were disgusting, but... He managed to make them look much better than they actually were if they did, weren't playing on the team with him, and I think that's a I think that's a big point. I but I guess also that comes down to how you determine what a leader mm. is and what they should do. Everyone's got their own definitions. In my book, I think a great leader makes the people around them better as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing, and this is not to do with his on court. Ability, I think he is an incredible leader off the court. So it doesn't just come down to on the court, he's leading from the front and off the court, he's a completely different person. He's created the LeBron James Foundation where he's... How can I compete against the guy who's built a school? (laughs) 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 Oh, no. It's it's incredible, though, because he's... You look at him, we all know him as LeBron James, the basketball player, and how great of a leader he is. I don't think anyone can deny how great of a leader he is on the court, but a lot of people don't know how great he is leading from the front in his community, particularly in Akron, Ohio, Ohio where he, where he's come from. He's leading from the front in um, helping people create better lives for themselves, getting kids in education. Do you like kids getting an education? Uh, 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 no, you're on it. Now. You've, you've found the string to pull. Oh, found uh, I hope this is pulling on your heartstrings. Um, <laughs> so, um, just overall, though, I think as we all know how incredible of a leader he is on the court. Oh, you got me. But particularly think about him overall off the court as well. Just a person in day to day life. Um, 
his leadership abilities go far beyond basketball. They go into life in general and creating better lives for these poor kids who would have been living in poverty otherwise. <laughs> there has been, and this is pretty much my question to you, right? That was a good argument. There has been, um, I don't know if they're speculations or, or just a hunch mm. maybe that LeBron James on each team he plays for, namely the Lakers recently, that he will separate... He'll have his favourites, as everyone does, but he'll separate the good, good players from the good players and the bad players. Mm. Like, he's going to work out and he's going to train with AD, mm. you'd think, but then he's going to leave who? I don't know now. Like, I guess Rajon Rondo, you know, in the dust a little bit. Do you reckon mm. that's something that he does and how does that affect his leadership? Or Because I don't know. I don't know if they're rumours or just things I've assumed. I think or... a big thing in the law of court is you need proof, and I don't yeah. think there's been any proof that that's actually occurred. And I would my hunch, if I did have a hunch, would be that that isn't true at mm. all. And I think he, just by the fact of the amount of people who want to play with LeBron over the course of of the course of his career in the NBA, I think he wouldn't want to play with someone who has... Like, yeah, he might have favourites in terms of, oh, AD is one of the superstars mm. in the league. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's going to treat other players who aren't as mm. skilled, gifted. He's not going to treat them worse. differently or worse. So, I, yeah, I, my hunch would be that that is false that he does okay. that. Oh. How do you follow that up? I just <laughs> brought the children into it. <laughs> like, when you're okay. making this argument, just think of those those poor okay. children. Um, right. So I believe Chris Paul and I. there's no doubt in my mind, 100% unequivocally, LeBron is the better player. He's the more successful player. He's achieved a lot more. His legacy is greater. Every indication points to LeBron on that, on that side of it. Um, but I think for Chris Paul, his impact on winning and bringing a winning culture, I think for LeBron, I, there's no doubt he's a tremendous leader in his own right. But I think when you were saying about the, the Cleveland teams and things of the kind, you look at, you know, the kind of the box scores and every statistical category in those ones has LeBron leading the way. Mm-hmm. So I think he drags people more so with him as opposed to lifting them up to more of his level. Like he, he's dragging the pack of goats with him up the Andes. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say like he doesn't do a phenomenal, phenomenal job in that regard. Um Rose busted out the children, so I'll have to bust out the stats here. So I just want to just list a couple of percentages, the impact Chris Paul, every franchise. There's a common denominator. It is him, what he does to franchises. So at the Hornets before him, they had a 22% win percentage after 46.3. So they doubled in a bit their percentage whilst he was there. The Clippers before 39% after 60.5%. With the Rockets, 67%. After him, 79%. The Thunder, a tick under 60% once he was there, above 61%. And for the Suns, they were 46.5%, 72% since his inclusion. Now, that's five franchises. Each single place he's gone to, he's impacted positively not only the culture and the environment, but the winning mentality. Um, and that's, that's phenomenal. As a leader, you need to be able to... Have make the others as you said, Lee. I grow. Uh, I agree with you. As a leader, you need to make the players around you better, as opposed to just being the best yourself. Now, I don't think there's many other players that can say score under twenty points a night and yet have the impact that he does on a game. Um, and they, they, there's a particular way, like Chris Paul, he gets his team to play. He, they bounce off his play style. So the Suns have notoriously over the last couple of years been a really run and gun team with Devin Booker leading the way. But since Paul's inclusion, their tempo has slowed drastically. They play more methodical, more calculated. Mm. And that, again, is comes down to his inclusion totally. Um, and that OKC season, we only had a season before the one just gone. They were expected to be a bottom-dweller team, no doubt about it. I think we all had them pretty well near the bottom of our predictions. Mm. They were in the playoffs, taking it in a game seven up against the Rockets at the time. Zero expectations, but still being able to rise above that adversity. Um, off the court... Chris Paul hasn't opened a school that I'm aware of, um, but he is president of the Players Association, so he's able to gain that following and that strength 
Oh, oh, gather the strength of a whole league of big egos and personalities. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that is a big task for any player, any man to do so. Yeah. Um, still doing that whilst also guiding each new franchise he goes to to a, uh, a higher level. Yeah. And I think that's the big point for me. The impact he has on winning culture um, is evident. And it, the thing is, it's not been in one instance. As I just alluded to, it's been five. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he might not be the better player, but I think he makes those around him better as opposed to dragging players with him. Okay. And that is my case. I feel like Roe has a rebuttal of some sort. Oh, I don't have a rebuttal. I agree yeah. with everything you've, you've said. Mm. So you have no rebuttal? <laughs> no. no, no. I, said that, I, said, I said at the beginning they were very, very hard to split. I've, I've put my argument forth mm. and Nick's done the same. This is so, in your capable hands. so hard. I will just say that he's not currently the president of the NBA PA. <laughs> CJ McCollum got elected earlier, but that's he's okay. He's still in there, isn't it? Isn't it? He's the successor? No. In there oh, now. he's in there now. In there now. Grant Williams, VP. But um, that's okay. That's okay. That's a I just minor thought I'd footnote. Get in there. Just for your <laughs> clarification of uh, information. He's, he has had a long run at it. He has, yes. Yeah. So don't let that It's hard. Me. It's so hard because I'd almost, I'd rather go into battle with LeBron because it, he is such a great leader, but he is also the better player. But in saying that, it almost helps Chris Paul's case seeing that he's, not as good as a player as LeBron and how much he actually does lead that team um, and brings a winning culture to that team. Um, I, I have I've got my I have got my decision. What think, of the, think of the kids. <laughs> think up, of the poor kids who wouldn't have had an education. <laughs> Probably living out in the streets with their parents, really, oh, if it wasn't for LeBron leading them to you a great future. Don't let him sway you. What do you got for, for this one? I believe the better leader is Chris Paul. I'm going to go with Chris Paul. Oh, I finally jagged one. <laughs> what? Real ones will know. Real ones will know. How do you feel about that? That kid's dying or something. They may as well be because. I don't even know what they're saying. What was that? Oh. Sorry, I should have. I should have started at that point. <laughs> that would have been better to go with. Is this a whole one fresh album? No, no, this is it's just a notorious sad Drake song. Real ones will know, but I guess apparently his new album is pretty sad. Dropped overnight. Yeah, I was, was listening to a bit as we fade that down and. I'll, I'll say my reasoning. <laughs> I should have been more prepared. I'll but, um, say my reasoning. Um, you really helped your case, Nick. By saying, and I don't think by any means LeBron drags his teams to wins and drags his teams to be better. But I think Chris Paul does a better job at bringing up everyone in his yeah. team and raising everyone and in his team. And not take anything away. As I said, I think LeBron's... He's been oh, the second leader. second leader in phenomenal the leader. in the league yeah. behind Chris Paul, I'd say. But then you look at it um, to help decide my case. I kind of looked at imagine when they're in the latter, latter, latter end of their career. Right at the end, they've pretty much got nothing in the tank. They're both pretty. They're still great players, but they're nowhere near they where they are now or and in their prime. Three years old at this rate. And I'd rather go in with Chris Paul. I forgot the tune scored argument. Oh, oh, no, you they don't. defeated the goons. <laughs> no, with LeBron that. <laughs> Finally jagged a win. Finally jagged a win, and oh, I'm, were... I'm a bit flat because, to be honest, I had two songs lined up, and the other one. Oh. <laughs> that, that one, yeah, give me that one. Guess I'll have to delete that from my album <laughs> library, but. <laughs> Good time. No, good, good work. I've gone 0 for 2 in that fellas. segment. No, yeah, one, 2 three, for 2. We had three debates that I think could have gone either way. Again, they're, they're always hotly contested, but I think this time around might have been the tightest because mm. I think for all of them, as that first one I had, it was really a flip of a coin mm. and I really needed the, the most minuscule of tiebreakers mm. to separate it. Yep. Thoroughly enjoyed doing that with you guys. That was good. It's always a good one, except when you lose like Rose. It's not fun losing. Flat things. (laughs) Guys, be sure to hit us up on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, all of them. We will be coming a lot more active uh, over the next couple of weeks as Rose moves into his new place. We're looking forward to... We've got a lot in the works, but um, be sure to hit up our socials. Let us know what you thought of our debates, whether the 
all three of us judges gave the right verdict. Um, we certainly love hearing from you guys what we did right, what we did wrong. Um, he's put the shades on. He's blocking out the haters here. He's had enough. <laughs> my, my, enough of the world. The eyes aren't tearing up at all. It's just onions in the room. Mm. Um, guys, as we said, we're only a couple of weeks away. It's certainly an exciting time for us. Um, and it's been thoroughly enjoyable. I've enjoyed this one been. being back, fellas. Uh, it's always good after a week off getting back into the fold. It is. Yep. So certainly looking forward to doing it all again with you next week. Do you have anything else you want to part with? Anything? Nah, just two for two, the champ. The, the double champ, the, the back-to-back champ. Go enjoy some of that proper whiskey with uh, Mr. McGregor, you and him, hanging out, a couple of big dogs on the scene. As for Roy, back to the drawing board, mate. Back to the drawing board. You've bounced back greater than ever, so That's it. I reckon... Uh, yeah, I don't, what can I even say after going yeah, over two? When I thought <laughs> I put so far, it meant nothing this episode. So. Didn't, didn't even think of the kids. But no. <laughs> excellent stuff, guys! Be sure to hit us up. Let us know what you thought. We can't wait to bring another huge episode to you next week. Love you, bye.